All right, season two, episode 86, Peter, James, and John puzzle about Elijah's, uh, they ask him, when is, why did the scribes say Elijah comes first? And he answers that from um, Malachi 4, 5, which we're going to take a look at, along with verses in Mark chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17, and continuing uh, with Luke 9. Uh, 36, which we read last week, and A.T. Robertson has as also for this lesson as well. Okay, uh, they puzzle about the resurrection, the things that they've heard and seen, and this puzzling goes through the through the uh, crucifixion. Uh, he's not seen for a number of days after the crucifixion. Um, well, a, a few days. Um, he appears to Peter on the shore of Galilee, and Peter doesn't recognize him. He had gone fishing. So there's a, I don't think it really comes together until they see the resurrected Christ, and he gives them their marching orders, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is what uh, I was brought up as a believer to think was our purpose as well. Because he hasn't come back yet, although they're going to talk about his second coming here a little bit and puzzle about that as well. Okay, uh, Season 2, Episode 86, Peter, James, and John puzzle about Elijah's uh, requirement to come before Christ and also the resurrection. Let me say that Moses and Elijah appear at the Mount of Transfiguration. They also appear during... They are the two witnesses during the seven-year tribulation, which is cut short because there would be nobody alive to live into the millennium. Uh, maybe there'd be some unbelievers, but there would be no believers. Anyway, uh, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Okay, just uh, take a look at part eight. We're going to be in part eight until episode 95. That's 10 more episodes, counting this one, that we're going to be in part eight. And part eight is, uh, well, let's take a look. Jesus goes to the region of Eteria. It's, it's called the uh, withdrawal, uh, part eight is. And he leaves the great Galilean ministry and, as you'll see here, uh, avoids Herod Antipas and really is not confronted uh, by Jewish people as he goes into Greek-held uh, territory or the Greek language is predominant, etc. Okay, Jesus goes to the region of Eteria in Caesarea Philippi, which is north of the Sea of Galilee uh, on the mountains of Hermon, some of them very tall, some of them not so tall. It's the foothills of the Jordan River flowing south. Where no hostility has been aroused, he can walk around and nobody is wanting to kill him. Uh, it's mostly a Gentile place. And he could quietly instruct the twelve that on which he's going to build the church and one of the chosen is the devil. But uh, just because you're... Chosen doesn't mean you're going to believe. Anyway, um, verse, well, continuing uh, 
Robertson's Note 8. He probably remained in the vicinity for several months. So this is several months of withdrawal from uh, the Jewish side of the Jordan River, which would be the west side. Uh, as the whole period lasted six months, the whole period of Part 8, the withdrawal, there were four withdrawals. One, two, uh, well, to uh, Philip, to Phoenicia, which is a Gentile along the, the Mediterranean. One to uh, Decapolis, which would be the Gentile side of the Jordan, the east side of the Jordan. And two to Mount Hermon, or Eteria, the region of Eteria. Um, he was near Bethsaida Julius. Again, these are very Jewish, I mean, very Gentile sounding places to be. Caesarea Philippi, Bethesda, Julius, um, near Caesarea Philippi in the first retirement. But now he stops here again. This is the second time he goes into the, the hills of Hermon. Uh, again, on his way to Caesarea Philippi. Each of the four retirements into heathen territory, twice into uh, the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi to the north, once, as I said, to Philippi, uh, Phoenicia along the Mediterranean River. Phoenicia is a very old province. It was, just, it was flattened by uh, Julius Caesar. It was uh, defeated by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, its prophecy is was foretold. Uh, Phoenicia and Decapolis, which is the Gentile side, the ten cities on the Gentile side of the Jordan, which would be the eastern side, and where the Greek language is predominant. In all these regions, the Greek language is predominant, and that's why it's safe for him, because there's not a strong Jewish influence that following uh, Herod Antipas want to make him next after John the Baptist. Okay, so the region is north of the, the Sea of Galilee. For most of my Christian life, I knew where the Sea of Galilee was to the north, and it connected to uh, the Dead Sea to the south by the Jordan River. And, uh, but other than that, my geography was a little lame until A.T. Robertson forced me to go north to the Mount of Transfiguration, which was somewhere in his... in, in scholars estimation I've got maps here that weren't made by A.T. Robertson but anyway they, they possibly put the Mount of Transfiguration in uh, pretty high pretty high altitude I think it was a, uh, a seven-day trip from from Caesarea Philippi and we had the controversy whether it was six or eight days well it was after six days and seven days would be after seven days would be after six days and, or the seventh day, and uh, about eight days would be seven days. So the seventh day, you know, we're straining it in that. If you're if you're straining at this, like I do, I like to just understand everything I read or be able to explain it as a teacher. Anyway, um, moving right along. Okay, um, I'm just looking at a couple maps here that I've gone over. Uh, let me just go over Mount Hermon again. Uh, Number one in, in, from Wikipedia, when the whole country is parched with the summer sun, white lines, and snow streaks, 
at the head of uh, Mount Hermon, which would be uh, not snow-capped, as I said in the last lesson, but uh, maybe some white at, at close to 10,000 feet. Anyway, uh, I think you've got to be 20,000 or 15,000 to be snow-capped. Uh, the Everest is 30,000, three times taller than Mount Hermon. Everest is 30,000 feet. Anyway, um, second point here, the summit straddles the border between Syria and Lebanon to the north of the Sea of Galilee, north of Judea. Um, at 9,200 feet above sea level, it's the highest point in Syria. The tree line at that latitude, based on my looking it up, is about uh, 5,000 feet. Uh, and the fourth point here is approximately 40 miles as the crow flies north of the Sea of Galilee, probably 20 miles north of Caesarea Philippi, as I look at maps. Okay, we're in uh, part eight, the special training of the 12 and the districts around Galilee. So again, they've moved out of the Galilean ministry because it's not safe for Christ there with Herod Antipas on the warpath, I guess. Uh, later, Judean ministry, well, that's number nine. Uh, ten, uh, the Perean ministry, which would be on the east side of the Jordan River. Last public ministry in Jerusalem is, is uh, part 11. Part 12 is uh, Jesus in the shadows. 13, a whole part of 13 for the last 24 hours of Jesus' uh, life, less than 24 hours. The arrest, the trial, the crucifixion and burial of Jesus all occurred within 24 hours. And 14, the resurrection and appearances and ascension of Christ, which was about 50 days, as I recall. Okay, so uh, we're in episode 86. Peter, James, and John puzzle over what they've seen as they walk back down the mountain. They've got another seven-day trip down from Mount Hermon back to Caesarea Philippi. And episode 87, which will be, Lord willing, the next episode, uh, a boy who was not healed while Jesus and Peter, James, and John were uh, on their two-week journey or possibly, yeah, I don't know how long the Mount of Transfiguration took, so two plus weeks of, of being a, a separated from the other nine disciples or apostles. All right, uh, we've talked about the withdrawal quite a bit. Uh, We've got five reasons, the jealousy of Herod Antipas, the withdrawal for the fanaticism of would-be followers who would, uh, John 6, 15, and when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force and make him king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. So I think this is part of his withdrawal to the north. Uh, withdrawals from the hostility of Jewish rulers, Herod Antipas comes to mind. Uh, and he withdraws from the hot shores of the Sea of Galilee. I think this is more of a cultural thing. I have not seen it in Scripture. Maybe I'm missing something, but I, I just don't see this in Scripture. But it's probably in part, that part of the world. I know that that people go to the mountains for relief from the heat at that latitude. Um, and he withdraws to instruct the twelve. That's another reason for these withdrawals. Uh, there were four of them. Okay, uh, again, just to cover uh, the Son of Man, 
It occurs in the Old Testament 10 times. It occurs in the New Testament 80 times. Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. I think it was just a little easier to say, although they, I think they picked up stones. They, know what, they knew what he was saying when he was saying this. But anyway, in, it's recorded by uh, uh, Moses in Numbers, Job twice, Psalms, the writers of Psalms four times, four verses, Isaiah two verses, and Daniel one verse the Son of Man, which is deity, as I've been told. Okay, uh, I guess I'd have to look up all those. There's only 10 of them, so it wouldn't be that big of a job to look them up and see if it sounds like deity. But I haven't done that. That would be a good study. All right, um, so uh, episode 86, Peter, James, and John puzzle about Elijah and the resurrection. I think there was a lot of puzzling going on, and these are just the inner three. And they're kind of sworn to secrecy, which I think they're able to do for the next approximately six months after this episode of Christ's Life. Okay, um, so we're going to start in Mark chapter 9, verse 8. Mark chapter 9, verse 8, which is the last verse we covered in Mark in chapter, or episode 85. always like to just throw one in there to just, I don't know, pick up where we left off. Mark chapter 9, verse 8. Mark chapter 9, verse 8, going to 13. Six verses. Mark chapter 9, verse 8. In Mark chapter 9, verse 8, it says, And suddenly they were, and when they looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus and themselves. So uh, Moses and Elijah were gone. I don't think they ever saw God, but that was a pretty harrowing, bright experience. I don't think anybody's ever seen God. But, um, all right, verse 9. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 9 is a new verse in episode 86. And as they came down from the mountain, so they're, they're coming back to meet their disciples at Caesarea Philippi, a seven days journey uh, down the mountain. And he char Jesus charged them along the way, uh, that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. So here he's talking about that. They're going to puzzle about that, the resurrection. And, uh, I mean, Timothy, I mean, uh, Doubting Thomas didn't believe it even after they were told that it happened until he saw the resurrected Savior. Anyway, um, verse 10 Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. And they kept that saying with themselves. It, he's like the first group that ever kept a secret for Jesus. Seems like everybody else he told, they just had to go blab it to everybody. But they're going to talk about it among themselves coming down the mountain. But when they get to Caesarea Philippi, I don't think they're going to talk about what they saw. And they kept, you know, and if you want to keep a secret, it's probably a good idea not to go, I know a secret, I know a secret. Jesus told me a secret. You know, so they, I, I, and they kept the saying to them with themselves, questioning one another what the rising from the dead should mean. So they really kind of go into the kingdom. But uh, verse 11, chapter, Mark chapter 9, verse 11. And they asked Jesus, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must come first? Well, I had to look that up, and I found it in... My wife would call it Malachi, but it's pronounced Malachi. She was always very bright and very smart and very funny. Malachi, spelled M-A-L-A-C-H-I, Malachi. 
pronounced Malachi. In Malachi 4.5, in Malachi 4.5, in Malachi 4.5, the Lord Jehovah says in Malachi 4.5, Behold, I, the Lord Jehovah, will send you Elijah, the prophet, the one that was caught up in a chariot of fire, before the coming of the great and dead, dreadful day of the Lord. That would be the, the thy kingdom come, thy will be done judgment. It's also called the judgment of the nations. Those that are found believers of the sheep and the goats live on into millennium. Those that are not are cast in the lake of fire. You do not want to be taken on this judgment because those are the ones that do not live into the millennium. The rapture you want to go, that's a different judgment, seven years before this one. And we don't know when the rapture is, but we know that the day of the Lord, is the second coming of Jesus Christ, is, is a little less than seven years after the rapture, which could be tonight, could be 100 years from now. I'm doing these podcasts in the hopes that I'm leaving something for the 144,000 because the, the really the Lord in the Gospels is always preparing for all his believers and, and prophets and, and the 144,000 I don't think they write new scripture but all they have is this right here they started out not believing and um, they're going to grow by leaps and bounds I'm sure but I don't know if they're going to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit because that's what makes the tribulation so bad he that letteth is removed he that hinders Satan is removed, so it's a it's a it's a tough time. And again, Malachi four five. Behold, Jehovah says, and this is why the scribes say that Elijah must come first. I will, and the riddle is going to be answered here. The puzzle is going to be solved in this episode. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Verse uh, back to Mark chapter 9, verse 12. Mark chapter 9, verse 12 and 13. Mark chapter 9, verse 12. And Jesus said and told them, Elijah, or Elias, he uses a different name, but the Bible does that a lot. Elias verily cometh first and restoreth all things, and how it is written that the Son of Man, that he must suffer many things and be set at naught. Uh, hung pretty much naked on a cross is pretty much about as set it not as you can be. Beaten, scourged, nailed. Um, wow. He submitted to all that for us as we should submit one to another. Ephesians 5 21. Submit yourselves one to another. All right, verse 13. But I say unto you that Elijah or Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed as it is written of him. So uh, that has to do with, uh, well, it'll tell you here at the end of uh, Luke, the last verse we're going to look at here. So we'll just keep going. Okay, uh, we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 17, verse 9. Mark chapter 17, verse 9. Mark chapter 
17 verse 9. I didn't go back and to pick up a new verse in Mark chapter 17. I just did that in Mark. I mean Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 verse 9. If I said Mark, I apologize. Matthew chapter 17 verse 9. We're just going to take a look at five verses here. Matthew chapter 17 verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain. So again, this is just Matthew under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit recording the same story. And Luke does the same thing. Um, Matthew chapter 17, verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, again, I think a seven-day trip after six days and before eight. Anyway, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. So that's the resurrection that they're going to puzzle over, uh, but they're going to keep to themselves. Um, verse 10, Matthew chapter 17, verse 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must come first? And again, we I, I could go back to Malachi here. Malachi 4, 5, we don't need to turn there. Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I didn't really go into the great and dreadful day of the Lord, but the, that the second coming in the battle of Armageddon is the defeat of of Satan's army and his the Antichrist followers and they're cast in the lake of fire found not to be believers. I know it, it sounds like they're judged by their works, but that's a description of you know, if you're judged by the works and if Christ is of no effect in you, that's in Romans. Look that one up. If you're counting on your works to get to heaven, Christ's death for you is of none effect. So I'm I'm not working any way, shape, or form for eternal life. That that would be insulting. You work to be your parents' child. I mean, I, I can work to repay or to try to repay or to, you know, bless them in their old age and take you know help them. But anyway, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's go back to uh, we talked about that. His disciples say unto him, Why? We're in Matthew chapter 17, verse 10. Matthew chapter 17, verse 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must come first? And that's because Malachi 4, 5 says that. They, the scribes read their Bible. I don't think they understand it. But not at this point. They will during the tribulation. The Jewish the believers of the tribulation are Jews. The 144,000 are sold out Jews. Jewish evangelists, young men, virgins, never been with a woman. Read Revelation about that. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall come first and restore all things. And we'll solve that puzzle in a couple more verses, like two more verses or three more verses. And verse uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 12. Matthew chapter 17, verse 12. And I say unto you, that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall they also, the Son of Man, suffer of them. So, as they did to John the Baptist, they're going to do to me. Uh, one more verse, and we'll see that it's John the Baptist that was Elias, metaphorically. And the disciples understood that he spake 
unto them of John the Baptist. So I was I was thinking it was Luke nine thirty six, but it's it's uh, it might be that also. But it is definitely uh, Matthew seventeen thirteen. And the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. So there you have the inspired word of God. Verse 12, let's read 12 and 13 together. Matthew chapter 17, verse 12 and 13. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed, which was cut his head off and bring it a hundred miles north to Galilee, to uh, Herod's mansion, Herod Antipas's mansion on the south west side of the Sea of Galilee. Likewise shall they also the Son of Man suffer of them. Well, like being nailed to a cross. I think I'd rather get my head cut off than nailed to a cross. But anyway, and the disciples understood Matthew, Peter, Matthew, Peter, Luke, and John. Peter, Peter, James, and John, sorry. The disciples that are with him understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist, but they're not going to talk about it. Okay, and this is just our last verse today. Luke chapter 9, verse 36. It was also our last one uh, in episode 85, but uh, anyway, uh, A.T. Robertson included it here, so I will too. Uh, verse 36, And when the voice was passed, this is the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was found alone, and they kept it close, and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Well, they've got to keep this secret for about six months until Jesus is crucified. And they've got six or seven months, well, seven or eight months to go, I think, until that happens. Okay, so, uh, Lord willing, the next podcast will be 87, episode 87. The demoniac boy whom the disciples could not heal in the region of Caesarea Philippi. So if you remember the story, uh, Jesus returns and a, a man comes to Jesus and says, Hey, I talked to your disciples while you were gone for two weeks. He doesn't exactly say that, but we know now where Jesus was, or I know now where Jesus was. And uh, he was, you know, this, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. So, I will say adios to God, and vaya con Dios, go with God.